Hi, welcome to the Authentic Wellness with Kylie podcast. This is episode 8 and today I'm gonna tell Rory's birth story. I'm gonna start with going back in time to 2018. Um, We were trying to get pregnant for months, so we started trying in June of 2018 and many months had gone by with no luck and so at that point I'm 23 years old and I was like, you know, I really shouldn't be having trouble getting pregnant. I'm 23, like there could be an issue here. So I ended up reaching out to my gyno and he did a bunch of blood work and he noticed that I wasn't ovulating. So my cycles weren't regular. I wasn't getting to that point in my cycle where I was actually able to get pregnant. Like I wasn't releasing an egg. So he suggested to start on some mild fertility medicine and we wanted a baby so I was like yeah definitely so we started doing that in December um, early December of 2018 and I remember it not working the first time around and being so disappointed like how is this not triggering my ovulation and so again we did it in January which was now January of 2019 my birthday was on the 1st of January so I just turned 24 and we didn't get pregnant that cycle either and so if anyone has tried to get pregnant the two-week wait is like the worst wait it feels like a year (laughs) So we're now into February and I'm on my third cycle of this fertility medicine and in January I actually had ovulated and they determined that by blood work. So I had lots of blood testing done. Um, So in January the dosage that they gave me did work. So it worked, I ovulated, I just didn't fall pregnant. So we continued the same dosage into February and it turns out I got pregnant in February and that unfortunately ended in a miscarriage Um, it was an early miscarriage but I was super super disappointed and just like so emotional because you want a baby in doing all these things and I'm young and it's like why is this happening to us Like, we just want to have a baby. And I know that there's so many worse situations out there. But this is just my my journey with this. So, it's February, the end of February. I had a miscarriage. And for the first time ever, you know, a few, only a few days after having my miscarriage, I noticed I had, like, egg white cervical fluid, which is, like, the time to try to get pregnant, because that means you're ovulating, and I hadn't even taken, I just had a miscarriage, I didn't take any more fertility medicine, and so I was like, all right, let's go, let's do this, (laughs) because this has never happened to me before, and I just really was in tune with my body and I just knew that we had to try. Usually after you have a miscarriage, they tell you to wait a couple months before trying again to give your body some time to adjust, but I was super impatient and I did not want to wait a couple more months because at that point, I had already waited almost a year and... I was not having it so we tried again and it turns out I fell pregnant with Rory and I have to say that the beginning of that pregnancy was it was hard because every single time I went to the bathroom I would just anticipate bleeding I would anticipate that I was just going to have a miscarriage for weeks because at that point I had already had three miscarriages um, 
that's a whole nother story. But years ago, I had a miscarriage, and then this past year, I had two. So, oh man, so much, so much, so much. Okay, back to where I was. Um, I fell pregnant with Rory, and the first couple weeks were so hard. I felt fine. I actually felt so fine that I really thought something was wrong. And because of my, uh, you know, my challenges a couple months before that, um, they were monitoring me very well. I was getting blood testing done often. Um, I had a miscarriage. My, I mean, <laughs> I had an ultrasound. <laughs> much earlier into my pregnancy so I was probably like seven or eight weeks only and usually I think they wait till you're like probably 10 weeks to give you your first ultrasound um so I'd gotten an earlier ultrasound and everything looked okay everything up until that you know that seven or eight week mark was good everything looked good and they could hear a little seat well they couldn't hear it but you could see a little you know fetal heartbeat going and that like was the best day of my life <laughs> at that point in time because for so long you I've just I've been wanting this and tracking every little thing and just getting so obsessive about it and making sure I'm timing everything and it's exhausting it's exhausting. So I had my first trimester go by and I didn't tell anyone. Anyone. I told my mom and my sister and Brad knew. Those were like the only people who knew. And I only told them because this whole time I just anticipated that I would have another miscarriage. It was horrible. Really, like couldn't enjoy my first trimester because if you've experienced loss or miscarriage or you know anything like that when you fall pregnant again it's so scary because you just think that that's going to keep happening to you and so it was really hard to fully accept that I was pregnant because up until that point I had nothing but you know bad experiences with pregnancy so that was tough and I wanted so badly to share that I was pregnant because it was like the most exciting thing for me. It was like the the one thing that I had been working on so hard for almost a year and to finally have it and to get that pregnancy test. I remember at this point I had taken so many pregnancy tests that like I had gone to the bathroom that morning that I missed my period and was like okay, you know, this is probably not going to be positive because a couple weeks ago I literally just had a miscarriage, but I'm going to take a test anyways because if I am not pregnant right now, then I am definitely doing another cycle of fertility medicine and you don't want to take that medicine if you're pregnant, obviously. So it was like a Friday and I had not gotten my period and that Sunday I was planning to take fertility medicine again so I just took the test to make sure that I was not pregnant and so I went to the bathroom took the test left it on the counter and I totally walked out of the bathroom like I did not think twice about it because I really did not think that it was going to be a positive pregnancy test and so I like went to go make coffee or do something I don't even remember probably got dressed and went back in the bathroom and I saw that it said pregnant like I bought the actual test that said not pregnant or pregnant <laughs> because I was so sick of trying to figure out if the line was faded or if it was showing or if, is that another pink line you know so I went to the bathroom saw the test and it said pregnant and I just like oh my god the smile on my face it like I, I can feel the happiness right now just when talking about this uh, Brad was still in bed sleeping and I remember taking the test and running into the bedroom and I jumped on the bed and I, I, you know, showed him the test and the, his face was so happy and he was like, oh my god. So we finally got 
a pos- another positive pregnancy test. And that was in March. So I was so excited, but we didn't actually tell our friends and family until like April. Like I was actually like probably 14 weeks pregnant before we even told our family. Other than my mom and my sister knew. (laughs) But I didn't tell anybody else until we were like well into our first or second trimester because I didn't, I just, I wasn't trusting the journey. I wasn't trusting the process at the time. I was really so worried that I was just going to have another miscarriage, which man is such an awful feeling. But anyways, so 16 weeks pregnant, I announced to the world that we were expecting a baby and It was so, so amazing to finally share my happiness and just know that, like, I had outside support and I could actually talk to people about pregnancy and answer questions and ask questions and reach out to other moms who were experienced in this or along the journey with me. There was actually, like, multiple other women who were pregnant and like right around the time I was so it was really nice to connect with mamas that were like literally in the same exact weeks almost as me like there's like two or three babies right now that are two weeks or less um close to Rory's age that was really nice to have that support um and so yeah I was like hello I'm pregnant (laughs) I'm so excited, but leading up to that was really, really challenging times, like, I just remember feeling so defeated, and just like, God, why is this not happening for us, you know, it was, it sucked, it really sucked, but we fell pregnant with Rory, and I had such an amazing pregnancy, like, I was living my best life, you guys, like, (laughs) I kid you not. I was super tired in the beginning and I had crazy dreams. Like I remember waking up in the mornings like what the hell was that all about? And like I always dreamt of baby animals, which I know is just like an instinctual thing when you're pregnant. But it was so good. Like my I and I'm so grateful for that because most pregnancies aren't that good. So I was just so blessed and just so thankful to have such a great pregnancy because before that I just struggled and so it was really nice to just like 100% dive into my pregnancy. I really really took it easy that whole summer so it was all the summer of 2019 the whole summer I just laid low I did not do much I spent lots of days out by the pool and lots of days at the beach and walking and doing yoga and just really really going inside of my body and growing this little baby and I have to say pregnancy I love it I I love it. I love everything about it. Everything about it is so amazing, in my opinion. I think it was honestly the most magical thing I have ever experienced. I mean, every little milestone, every week there's something new to look forward to, and every week there's new movements and kicks and your stomach gets to a point where you can see the babies rolling around in your belly, and it's just like it's a miracle. It really is. So I had a pretty amazing pregnancy. (laughs) If you can't tell in my voice, I really enjoyed it. But at, um, our 20 week ultrasound, uh, we found that it was a girl. We actually found out days later because my lovely sister-in-law and really close friend threw us a gender reveal party which was so fun as a first time mom I did not think I could hold off I really had to close my eyes during that ultrasound because I knew I would just like try to look at the ultrasound picture to figure it out but I was strong and I didn't so we ended up finding out we were gonna have a little girl and the whole time I thought 
she was really a boy because I felt so good. I was like, man, it's got to be a boy. Um, But no, a little girl. And also at that ultrasound or anatomy scan, they saw that my placenta was really, really low. Like Like pretty much covering my cervix, which would mean that if it hadn't moved, I would have had to pretty much, no matter what, have a C-section, which was super disappointing because I did not want that. Um, But at that point, they pretty much told me that it can move as your stomach grows, it can move. So I was just like, fingers crossed, praying that it would move, that it would move. And because it was so low, I had extra ultrasounds um, to monitor that because, you know, if it hadn't moved, they would have to plan out a, a C-section. And it did end up moving. I ended up having, um, you know, an ultrasound probably when I was like, I think 32 weeks and it had completely shifted away from my cervix, which was so great. So I didn't have to like plan a C-section, you know, I could like really try to go, you know, all natural, which is what I wanted to do. So, Days, or I should say weeks leading up to Rory's birthday, I, you know, you go to, I had a midwife and I would see her almost weekly at the, bi-weekly and then weekly as you get closer to your birth, um, birthing the baby. And so I was only like one centimeter dilated for weeks and when you're at the end of your pregnancy as beautiful and amazing as it is you just want to hold your little baby so I was just getting checked every time I had an appointment I really wanted to know if I had progressed if I was dilating if I was effaced like I wanted to see hopefully, that I was progressing closer to, you know, having this baby, because I just wanted her in my arms at that point. I was huge, like, absolutely huge, and I'm such a small person, so it was, like, just honestly uncomfortable at that point, and I was only one centimeter dilated for weeks, and I just remember being like, why am I not getting closer? And so we had bought a treadmill, because it was, yes, it was summer when I was pregnant, but when you're pregnant, your bladder is, like, non-existent, and so if I were to go for a walk outside, which is what I would prefer to do, I would have to pee, like, five minutes into my walk every time, and it was so inconvenient, and it drove me nuts, and so I bought a treadmill, because I'm like, at least the bathroom's right there, because I wanted to walk as much as possible to really get her head down and ready to come out, Um, I had a yoga ball, which really was nice to bounce on towards the end, and it just was, it felt so good to do, you know, like, pelvic circles sitting on the yoga ball. Just, like, was a, like, took the pressure off. So, I highly suggest getting yourself a yoga ball if you're pregnant, (laughs) because it does feel really nice to take the load off. Um, so... For weeks, like I said, I was one centimeter dilated. Every time I went to my appointments, I was just one centimeter dilated. And then at one point, I was half a centimeter dilated. And I'm like, wait a minute. How is this not happening yet? So I was, you know, drinking red raspberry leaf tea for two weeks before Rory came. Um, I waited until the end because it really helps your uterus and it helps you know the contractions and to get it strong and healthy to birth a baby and I had an extra extra strong cup of red raspberry leaf tea on November 14th and I didn't think anything of it but my due date was November 20th and I'm like okay it's like it's go time. Like, I'm ready. I want to have this baby here. And for days, I kept having false labor. Like, I would just get these contractions for like five minutes straight. And they weren't super painful. It just felt like period cramping. But it was also like definitely something I had not felt at all in my pregnancy. So I knew that that had to be something. And so I had these, you know, false labor contractions for probably 
a week before she came and so every time every day I was like oh today's the day today's the day <laughs> no it was not the day so on November 14th I had a super super strong cup of this tea and it was probably in the afternoon at like two o'clock so I was up you know I probably got up that morning at like seven but I was awake all day I had been walking a bunch on the treadmill and we were actually getting yard work done. Our close friend came over and was leveling out our front yard so that it was, like, safe for me to get out of my car because there was just, like, this hole in the yard. <laughs> and I was so nervous about falling in the goddamn hole with a newborn. So I was like, we have to get this filled and fixed. So he came over that day and fixed the yard, and I was just hanging out inside, walking around the house, and... At this point, I was doing so much cleaning and so much nesting. Like, my nesting instinct was so, so real. Like, I would clean and organize and clean and repack my hospital bag and clean and pack it again. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, it was so insane. I was just kind of losing my mind. Like, I need this baby here. And... So I was getting all the things ready and I was bouncing on the ball and probably making phone calls and calling my mom and, you know, telling her, you know, the past week I had been calling her because I want her to be on the island when I give birth. And so I've just been back and forth talking with my mom, like, maybe today's the day, I'm having contractions, this is what's happening. And I got an app on my phone and I started timing the contractions and... All of a sudden, the afternoon hits. It's like 4 o'clock on the 14th of November. And I just get these super intense period cramp, period-like cramps. And they were like, ooh. Like, I would feel something and be like, oh, that that's new. You know, and I, that just kept kind of consistently happening. And every time I would say, oh... That, that's, that's different. That could be something. And at around, I believe it was 6 p.m., it really started to, like, pick up. Like, there was no going back, I would say. <laughs> because the week leading up to that, it would just stop. Those little contractions would just go away, and they... I could lie down or go to sleep and they would just kind of dissolve into nothing. This did not happen. This did not happen at all. <laughs> I, at six o'clock, really knew that it was go time. I started getting like very consistent contractions. I remember being, you know, just walking. I was just like, when it hit, I knew it was happening. I knew that tonight was the night. Like, I knew this is it. I, like, legitimately had a panic attack <laughs> because I'm like, holy shit, how are we going to do this? Like, we're going to have a baby. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I just start, like, walking around the house like this is actually happening. Like, as if this whole time I wasn't even pregnant. <laughs> my nerves totally jacked up. Um, I had to go to the bathroom a bunch. Like, they tell you before you go into labor, like, pre-labor signs is to, like, completely empty your bowels, TMI, but, like, this is just what it is. And so I had gone to the bathroom literally, like, six times, and I was so crampy, and it was just, like, a pulsating cramp that just, like, would not go away. Like, it was very consistent. And after going to the bathroom so many times, I was like, I just need to sit here. Because actually sitting on a toilet, like, it actually felt really good to be sitting there and leaning forward during my contractions. And I was very lucky to be home and laboring at home. Because around 8 o'clock, so two hours later of laboring at home... I 
was still like you know back and forth on the toilet off the toilet just for comfort um and I so I was sitting on the toilet and my water broke in the toilet and I was like fuck yeah (laughs) because I first off was super excited that my water just broke and it was definitely like a huge gush of water just like you would expect but it wasn't non-stop like it just kind of happened and I was leaking after that um but they tell you if your water breaks to call your midwife like right away and so I did that I called and I told her I'm like my I'm just calling because my water broke like she's like how are you feeling I'm like you know I'm feeling like good like I'm having contractions they're pretty regular um they're definitely like at a point where I'm kind of needing to like hold on to something but I'm like okay and she's like all right cool why don't you stay home and keep laboring for like an hour and give me a call back and let me know how you're doing and so I was like yeah that's great okay and so that was probably around nine you know nine o'clock I got off the phone with her and at this point I've been up all day right like a normal day but I had been like walking a lot and being super active trying to get this baby going and now that it's go time and I'm home and I'm like definitely in labor and my water broke my contractions are super strong um I wanted to labor at home for as long as possible because I had this fear that I would go to the hospital and they'd bring me into a room and check my cervix and it only be like two centimeters dilated because up weeks up until you know that day I was only one centimeter so I was really wanting to stay home as long as I could so that I could you know be in the comfort of my home I'm a homebody I really wanted to have my bed and my own bathroom and just being in the privacy of my home was really important to me and so I labored at home for hours well I'll be back baby's crying it really started happening around 8:30. I had my bloody show and my water broke at nine o'clock I called the midwife and you know just told her what was going on um she told me to stay home for about an hour and to call back and see how things are going so I labored at home for another hour and at this point it was getting really intense um I remember like like not being able to talk in bet- in between contractions anymore Um, My natural instinct was to keep walking because I wanted to progress as much as I could before going to the hospital. So I was just walking around. I remember like sitting on the yoga ball and circling my hips and just really going inward and using all the tools I had at home to massage my back and, you know, try to stay calm and to really make sure my bag was ready i brought everything out to the living room brad was there he was super helpful he got the car packed like he got everything ready for us so that when i felt ready to go into the hospital we could just drive there um we're like five minutes from the hospital like actually exactly seven minutes because i timed it one day (laughs) so i was I remember being in the bedroom leaning over the bed and like really getting vocal now that my contractions were pretty intense like I was getting really sharp intense contractions and Brad was like we gotta go we gotta go like he was so nervous (laughs) that I was gonna like have this baby at home so he was like you need to call your midwife right now and tell her we're going to the hospital I was like, no, like, I think I might, like, continue laboring at home. Like, I don't think I'm ready to go in yet. And he's like, nah, you need to call your midwife and tell her that it's time and we're going into the hospital. And so I called her and was like, hi, it's me again. Um, I'm feeling, like, definitely 
intense contractions but like I'm okay to stay home a little longer but my boyfriend wants me to come in and she's like okay then you're probably ready to come in if he thinks that right and so I'm like okay we'll meet you there and she was about 25 minutes away from the hospital um she was much more farther away than we were so we got there and they had someone waiting for us it was about 11 p.m when we arrived to the hospital and I was already pre-registered so they brought me in and I got settled into a room and um they you know did my vitals and my blood pressure and hooked me up and started getting um my belly on the monitor and just checking the baby um to see how she was doing and how my contractions were timing and that's when things started to get interesting so when I got to the hospital, they got me set up in my room and hooked me up to some monitors to check the baby and make sure everything was okay. They routinely give you an IV um, or, you know, the, I can't think of what it's called, but they put it in your hand and they don't hook you up to IV right away. It's just there so that if they need to or when they need to, they can. So I got on a yoga ball in the room and I was really feeling it. I remember getting into the hospital and having to stop in my tracks multiple times before getting into the labor and delivery area because I was just like ugh, completely bent over going through contractions and they were so close together. It was probably like every, I don't know, I want to say like every minute or two I feel like I was having one and they brought me up to my room, which was so nice, so nice. Like I was in awe at how nice the rooms were set up. Um, they checked me, like I said, and I was on the yoga ball bouncing around and trying to just walk around the room and I was really kind of getting into pain at this point. I had been up since 7 o'clock that morning. It's now probably 11.30, 12 o'clock midnight. Um, when they, my midwife had arrived at the hospital and they checked my cervix and I was dilated to 5 centimeters, which was a huge surprise to me because I did not think I went from 1 centimeter just that previous day to laboring at home and getting myself to five centimeters which was like really exciting for me because I knew I had progressed to a good point um, I knew that she was going to be here soon you have to get to 10 centimeters to deliver and push so I was halfway there which is really encouraging for me but I was starting to get really tired and I was in so much pain. <laughs> like, the contractions just literally take your breath away. So, it's hard to breathe. <laughs> like, they literally stop you and make you tense. And everything in your body just tense, gets so tense because of the pain and your body's trying to contract and you know get your cervix widened and your body's just doing so many things to get this baby out that it's really hard to like stay soft and to breathe through it and so I kind of looked at Brad and an epidural was always something that I was not afraid to get um I was I've always wanted to have a natural pregnancy and a natural you know delivery or as natural as I could be but I really learned that in pregnancy and entering motherhood you completely have to surrender and I had no expectations on how this day was gonna go or how it was gonna unfold I just hope and prayed for the best and told myself that if I need to use these tools to help me get through this comfortably that's what I'm gonna do because there's no point in beating myself up there's no judge I had no judgment if I went 100% all natural awesome if I needed every intervention they had it is what it is 
at least my baby's healthy. So I looked at Brad. It was, you know, probably almost 1 a.m. at this point, and it's now November 15th. It's 1 a.m., and I looked at him, and I was like, you know, I really think I need to get an epidural because first off, at my hospital, it takes them at least 45 minutes to even get to the hospital, and that's 45 minutes of more pain naturally I have to go through (laughs) on top of it actually kicking in which can take a little bit of time as well so we're looking at at least one hour to get some pain relief and I was really in pain at this point I'm five centimeters dilated I'm halfway ready to push a baby out I realized I was up all day before that and there's I you know, I really sat down with myself and I said, you know, I don't think that I can sit through this pain for X amount more hours feeling the way I feel, being as tired as I am. And so I told the nurse, you know, yeah, I think I want to get an epidural now because I needed to get some type of relief to be able to like close my eyes and breathe and get my body prepared. Had to take a little intermission there. You're probably gonna hear Rory talking in the background. Um, So I wanted to feel a little more prepared. I, I got the epidural and that was like the weirdest thing I have ever gone through. Mind you, I did not research at all how this would go because I didn't want any fear going into birthing this baby and I didn't want horror stories about the epidural I didn't want side effects of the epidural like I really went into it as blindly as I could because I did not want to be afraid of needing the help um and so I didn't read anything about it. I had no idea what to expect. And they literally put a needle down into your spine. And you can feel it going down into your spine. And it's just like such a weird sensation. Um, my experience with the epidural was that it just it felt very, very cold. Um, and my left leg felt like it was 500 pounds the whole entire time I had it. So it's probably 2 a.m., I guess, I'm estimating. It was, this was such a blur. Around 2 or 3 a.m., I was, like, comfortable in bed with an epidural trying to relax. Um, it made my contractions so manageable. Like, so, so manageable. I am actually so happy that I got one. Um, Honestly, if I have another baby, I probably will plan on getting another epidural. Like, I really think that if I did not get that, I would have struggled really hard pushing Rory out. Um, So I was able to just lie in bed. I was not sleeping. I was just kind of resting my body. Brad was passed out on the couch, which I was okay with because I needed him to be rested in order to help me deliver this baby, which could have been at any point, really. So throughout the night, they came in and checked me and made sure I was okay, and they checked my cervix, and I got up to a six, and eventually got up to a seven, and They kind of just let me rest because it was a slow progression. Now that I had an epidural, it wasn't as quick. So I was progressing, so that was fine. But it wasn't as quickly as if it was natural, most likely. Um, And so I, you know, the sun's starting to come up. And I'm like, it's going to be time to push this baby out hopefully soon. And so I call my mom and she's has to come to the hospital at, at up until that point it was just Brad and I there and I didn't really want her to have to be there for so long so I really just wanted to get her to the hospital when I knew it was going to be closer to time of her being here so she got on a nine o'clock boat I live on an island so she had to come to the island I think it was like a 9 o'clock or 9.15 boat, and the boat rides about 45 minutes, so she arrived around 10, 
10.30 and came straight to the hospital. And literally, it, no, you know what? It must have been. It was exactly 10.30 that she had arrived. And I remember calling her like, Mom, it's time. Like, you got to get here. Like, are you close? And she's like, I'm getting off the boat right now. Don't have that baby without me. Don't have that baby without me. And so she, my grandmother actually drove her to the hospital and I was very strict with just wanting my mom and my brat and, and my brad. <laughs> oh man, mom brain is so real. I was super strict about just wanting my mother and brat with me having this baby. I didn't want anybody else in the room. This is such a sacred experience for me. I had gone through hell and back to get to this point. I had gone through so much emotionally and I could only have a very specific type of energy in that room with me. And I knew that I did not want any other members of our family or any friends other than my mom and Brad because I knew they would have provided me the exact support I needed to get through this. And it's also something I felt very strong about since the beginning was just having them two only in the room and I was even very questionable about having visitors at all leading up to going into labor um, I kind of just didn't even think about it at all once I was having contractions and about to have a baby <laughs> because I just was preoccupied with other, other thoughts. Um, it was 10 a.m. My mom finally got off the boat and she came straight to the hospital, 10.30. They came and they checked me and I was at a 10. So I, I was fully dilated and they were like, all right, it's go time. It's like, we're ready, you're ready. And at that point, I was so tired, you guys. Like I had rest, my body had laid in a bed to quote rest but it was not resting it was doing all the things to prepare to push a baby out and they got all the stuff prepared in their room um i knew it was real when the midwife came in with her uh like birthing coat on <laughs> i was like oh man it's code time and so i looked at them it was 10.30 when they got me ready, and I said, I'm going to push this baby out by 11.30. And they were like, yeah, right. I was like, no, like, I am definitely pushing this baby out by 11.30. So they had me do a couple practice pushes, and by this point, it was probably like 10.45, 10, maybe a little later, 10.50 in the morning. And I just did a couple practice pushes and kind of figured out how to push. You know, I've never done this before. And so I did a couple rounds of that. And mind you, I did have an epidural, so I couldn't feel my left leg. I mean, I, I actually want to take a step backwards here. When the, I believe, when the anesthesiologist came in, I told him, I'm very small. I'm, you know, I don't want to be really drugged up. I don't want a super intense epidural. Like, I just want this to take the edge off. I don't want to not be able to push my baby out. Is there any way you can set me up where I can pretty much, pretty much not even have an epidural? And he was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. He gave me an epidural, and he gave me a little button to press. And that would, in you know, oh my god, Rory in the background, if you can hear that. <laughs> She's so fierce. Um, there's a button he gave me to pretty much give me another dose of, like, a, I would say a shot of an epidural. So I had the tube in my spine, but it was such a small trickle of an epidural that he had given me that if I needed more, I would have to press the button. So from getting the epidural probably, you know, in the super early hours of the morning, I had only pressed that button twice. Once was like, an hour after he originally gave it to me because my contractions were killer, like super killer. Like I could totally tell they were still there. 
and then I took, you know, I did the second push of the button at probably 8 o'clock in the morning. So I honestly feel like I barely even had an epidural, if that makes sense. Like, it was such a small amount that I could totally feel everything pretty much, except my left leg was like, it felt like it was 500 pounds and numb. Like that was the only weird thing I had with the epidural. And so when it was time to push, like I could totally feel the sensation of pushing. It wasn't a numb, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I could feel enough that I knew certain areas I needed to push. My nurses were so incredible. I will never forget them. They saved me, like, literally so amazing. And so I pushed, and I tried all different types of positions. I Because I had an epidural, I couldn't, like, w- get up and walk and stand necessarily. But they had this bar that they attached to the bed that I could kneel against so I could get on my knees and like put my arms across the bar and just kind of hang there and I did that a couple times because I really thought that gravity would help the situation (laughs) and it did help but I do lots of yoga I've practiced yoga for years and just really enjoy stretching and walking and my body was very, very flexible. Like, they were very surprised at how flexible I was. And I realized that I needed my mom on one side of me, holding my dead leg, I call it. And I needed Brad on the other side of the bed, holding my other leg. So I had both of them next to me, holding up my legs. And I needed counter pressure. Like, I had, like... I had to push, so I needed someone pushing my legs towards my chest in order for me to, like, feel like I was actually pushing correctly. And they had to push on my legs so hard because I was pushing so hard. I was so determined. Like, I was not fucking around. I wanted this baby out. I wanted her here fast. I didn't want any complications. Like, I just wanted her here now. And I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I just kept doing this. I changed my positions and I, you know, tried hands and knees, but that didn't really feel that good. Um, What felt the best for me was having my mom and Brad pushing my legs towards my chest so I could push in the opposite direction. And it was actually super, super helpful and like like I said, my midwife was blown away at how amazing I was doing. <laughs> and I'm so proud of myself because I've never done this before. And I was so determined. Like, I, re- I just wanted her here so bad. And I <clears throat> remember when she was crowning and my mom was like, Oh my god, black hair. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> because I wanted her to have hair and it's funny because I actually did have heartburn towards like the you know my third trimester I had heartburn pretty regularly so I had a feeling she would have lots of hair um so I just I pushed and I pushed and an hour and a half later I gave birth to the most beautiful fierce cutest sassiest little girl And I just cried and cried and cried and cried. I just, like, I was holding her in my arms and I was just shaking, crying because I was so happy. Like, oh my God, when they put her on my chest, I just, my world completely stopped. Everything that had just happened to me, birthing this beautiful baby, completely disappeared and she was just in my arms and I was just bawling and everyone was crying and it was the most beautiful moment of my life. But while that was happening, I was hemorrhaging and I was bleeding an insane amount and 
I did not really know that was happening, but I knew that it would probably happen to me because it happened to my older sister as well as my mom. So I had a feeling that that would have happened to me as well. Um, so while I was holding Rory in my arms, they were like, started to kind of race around the room and I didn't pay much attention to it because I have this little baby in my arms and I'm just like over the moon. My mind is blown. Like I am not paying attention to anything other than this little baby in my arms. But I did kind of notice that they were, you know, quickly moving around the room all of a sudden and I kind of like blacked the rest of that out. I, after talking with Brad about it, um, like the next day or two, he was like actually concerned that I was bleeding so much. Like he was like, there was so much blood. He was like, he's not the kind of person to freak out and like get dramatic over anything. So for him to like openly say that, yeah, there's a lot of blood. And I was like, almost going to say something means that there was a lot of blood. (laughs) And so they ended up getting a hemorrhage kit and they dealt with the situation very well. I was okay, but I did have to stay in the hospital for days. I was admitted into the hospital to have this baby Thursday night at 11 p.m. I delivered her Friday, November 15th at 12.39 p.m. in the afternoon. She was seven pounds and I believe she was 19 inches long. She was a little sassafras, but I did not get out of the hospital until Sunday afternoon. So I was there for like four days, which normally for, you know, like a non-complicated birth, you're really only probably there for one night, maybe two. So I was there for days. And, um, you know, days after having her my blood levels just weren't cooperating because I had lost so much blood and they you know they thought if my levels don't pick up they'd obviously have to give me a transfusion which did not happen thank god Um, my body did eventually cooperate and I did get my levels back up but the worst part about all of this was the hospital provides like a plastic bin that's like considered a bassinet for your little brand new baby and that's where the baby's supposed to sleep or rest or get measured and cleaned and all that stuff. Rory hated that bassinet or that bin. I call it the bin. She hated it so much that she would just scream and scream and scream because she did not want to be anywhere but on my chest and in my arms, which I don't blame her. She was just born and she has went through huge trauma coming out to this world. Like I can't imagine the journey she was just on. So I held her, but she would not take a swaddle like she refused to be swaddled and put down to sleep and so I didn't sleep I didn't sleep for days I got my last amount of sleep that Thursday morning like Wednesday night Thursday morning and I did not sleep for probably a week (laughs) like I kid you not I was so sleep deprived I was so emotional. I was so tired. I just ate so much hospital food. Like, the only energy I had was if I was eating food. Like, I wasn't getting any energy from getting rest. So, I was just eating so much food to try to compensate for not getting any sleep. And it really took a toll on my mind and my body. I was so, so emotional. And... They finally let us leave the hospital Sunday afternoon and we got home and I just remember getting home and I just felt like a zombie. Like I I didn't even know what to do. I just walked into the house and Rory was in her little car seat and I just like sat on the couch and started crying <laughs> because I was so, so exhausted. 
and the first two weeks of her being home were so amazing she did really well like it was hard getting her into a like swaddling technique that would calm her down or she really just wanted to be in my arms all the time and that alone was so exhausting and I wasn't getting sleep and she was eating so much in the night that I was really only getting like an hour's rest and I was so scared to sleep too because this little seven pound baby was like my responsibility and I remember thinking like oh my god like I was just so I was so thrown off and you can't prepare for something like that really it's just something you have to do and learn and figure out as you go and so that's what we did but the first two weeks I was really I was like sad and I was so afraid that I had postpartum depression uh which was like I was judging myself so hard against because I could not believe that that could be a possibility for me like I've never had depression in my life and I've never had felt those feelings before and I was just so sad and I couldn't fathom like why am I like I have this beautiful little girl that I've been praying for and doing all these things to have in my life and I had this beautiful pregnancy why am I not like happy like why am I even at all sad the baby blues were so real for me but I want to say to give you hope if you're feeling these feelings or if you're worried about these feelings that two weeks later I was totally fine your hormones are absolutely insane because when your milk comes in first off you just had a huge surge of hormones for nine months straight growing a human you birth this baby and all of a sudden your body's hormones just drop they just drop off you don't have to be producing these hormones for a baby anymore because the baby's not in your body anymore and so your hormones just completely like stop almost i mean it's such a drastic drop and then your milk comes in and that produces different kinds of hormones again and so you're a literal hormonal mess for like two weeks after you have a baby and nobody talked to me about this nobody warned me about this so I thought I had a problem like I thought something was wrong with me and I was so sad and everyone around me was worried everyone around me was also so helpful for me and just like bringing us food and doing all these things to help me because I was like just I was dysfunctional I was so sleep deprived and emotional that I couldn't do anything and I would just like any little thing would trigger me to start crying and I just remember thinking like oh my god is it gonna be like this forever and I was tr I was so scared you guys I was just like what have I done like I am so sad but it turns out I was totally fine and it was so normal to feel these feelings and it's such a huge life change you're gonna go on and I really just had such an amazing pregnancy and it's five months later now almost six actually Rory's gonna be six months old soon that's like so crazy I can't even believe that and it's so good she's so awesome and it it's hard of course it's a baby but it's the most beautiful journey I have ever been on in my life and it's so rewarding and she's so cool and she's so smart she's learning something new every day she's gaining weight she's doing all these things hitting all these milestones and it's just honestly unbelievably amazing and i'm so grateful to god for giving me this precious little child and for just i'm i'm just so excited for the relationship we have and to see like what she grows up to be like i mean she's so fierce she looks just like her daddy but she has my personality <laughs> so i always joke that i got a taste of my own medicine having this little girl because she is definitely very similar to my personality type but yeah that that is the story of rory cove rothwell uh, she is one sweet little child. I am just so grateful to 
get this story on my podcast because I never want to forget it and I know that there will be little details that I forgot to mention because mom brain is so real you guys but I just figured I'd share this and have this for maybe Rory to listen to someday or for you know any future babies that we might have that can come back to this and relive this moment um I've just been kind of scrolling through on my computer looking at pictures of the day I went into labor and oh it was so good you guys it was so good I had such a beautiful pregnancy and such a beautiful birth of Rory and other than hemorrhaging and you know the the emotional roller coaster I was on for the first two weeks it it was perfect it was absolutely perfect Um, I just want to thank you for listening and if you guys have any questions or if you're in this journey of life and you're pregnant or if you're about to give birth and have a baby or if you are trying to have a baby, anything, please reach out. I would love to answer any questions or be of service somehow to you because this is such a special time and it's definitely challenging especially when you just have a baby and you need the extra help, I've been there and I know what it feels like. So please don't hesitate to reach out. I hope you guys have an awesome day. I am going to go snuggle my little screeching six-month, almost six-month-old baby and make some coffee. (laughs) All right, I will talk to you guys soon. 